Hey guys, Laura Watson here, and I am hosting your 100 Huntley Street podcast today. I am so excited to spend this time with you, so thankful for you. You know, when I was a kid, one of my favorite stories was the story of Jesus. Now, this is interesting because I didn't grow up going to church, and so I wasn't hearing about Jesus every Sunday. Um, there weren't a lot of Bibles around our house, and I didn't have people in my family who were actively pursuing God or in a relationship with Jesus. But my mom had had an encounter with a local church, and they introduced her to the person of Jesus. And I remember one night her saying to me, Laura, there is a God who made this world, and he sent his son, and his son is named Jesus. And he sent his son to die for us on the cross, and he died and came back to life. And so my mom introduced me to this story of this Messiah coming into the world and redeeming our sins and changing everything. But what she said to me at the end of the story was, just remember, you can ask Jesus for anything. You know, when I was a bit older, maybe a year older, um, our car stalled on a mountainside in British Columbia. And a big fight erupted in the car. I guess whose fault it was? Did you put the gas in the car? Did you get the car checked? <laughs> I don't really know what all the mechanical issues could have been, but I remember the conflict. And I was sitting there in the back seat and the front um, driver's side door was open a little bit. And so this is the first time I pray to Jesus. And I say, Jesus, if you are real, please make the car start. And the front um, driver's side door shuts suddenly and nothing happens. But my parent gets back in the car and opens the door, gets back in, sits in the, pass in the driver's side. And suddenly the car turns on. And I remember in that moment realizing, wow, Jesus is real. Jesus does answer prayer. This story my mom told me, it is real. There is a son. Uh, there is the Son of God who's come here to meet us and meet us in our needs. And it's completely profound as a child for me to understand this story. As I said, I wasn't raised in church, but these kinds of stories begin to percolate into my heart uh, about God. And I learned more about God, and I have a whole journey I can share with you one day. But what I really want to talk to you today about is the power of story and the power of God's story. How does it order the world around us? How does it order the world within us, our hearts, and how we live and breathe and the things we actually do in life? And I have a very special guest joining me today to talk about the power of story and story connected to Christian spirituality, the story of the Bible. What does that mean for our lives as we live out each day? Well, my guest is Lada Silva. She plays a leading role in the series, The Chosen. This is a viral series that's been viewed over 400 million times. It's incredible. Lots of us know about The Chosen. It is helping people meet Jesus in a new and profound way. Well, Lada is going to talk to me about what it's like to be an actress. What is it like to tell stories? Now, she has a very deep faith in God. So what is it like to live that faith out in um, in answering a call to be an artist and and to actually bring stories to life. So how is the greatest story ever told impacting her life as someone who is called to tell stories? Wow, this is going to be a great conversation and I can't wait. Lara is known for being very authentic and open and honest 
And we're going to get to that conversation right after this. She plays a leading role in The Chosen, a viral series viewed over 400 million times and translated into 62 languages across the globe. Lada Silva joins me now on the 100 Huntley Street podcast to talk storytelling and spirituality. Welcome, Lada. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, Lada. I'm so excited to have you here now. Of course, we do share the same first name, and your pronunciation's a little different. Yes. But since we're talking all things story, I have to ask you, um, where did you get your name Lada from? So Lada, it's um, I, th- I believe my grandfather picked it out. Um, it's uh, like Portuguese and also a little bit of Russian descent, I believe. Um, I'm not Russian, but I, I don't know. It just, uh, I think my grandfather really loved the movie, you know, the Dr. Zhivago Lara's theme. So yeah. in Portuguese, I mean, yeah, when it came out in Brazil, um, you know, they pronounce it Lada. So he loved it. And then that's, uh, that's what it became. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. I mean, I'm also named after Dr. Zhivago. That was One parent's preference. The other one, though, uh, named me after Superman's mother. So that's that's interesting. Her name is Lara. It's Lara. Well, strong women then. Strong women. (laughs) It's a good legacy. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, Lara, you are an incredible actress and and so talented. Thank Uh, you. The way you portray characters, really, it just it comes through you. And it's amazing to watch. Um, You know, you've been in Dynasty the Chosen series, of course, Queen of the South, some very strong, uh, you know, storytelling in all of those, all of those mm-hmm. series. Um, you know, as as an actress, you're a storyteller. And, and I wanted to ask you, what do you love most about the work you're doing? Oh, man, what a beautiful question. Because what I love most about the work and storytelling is just that it's connecting with people and and what they've been through, where they come from, um, and making that somehow a part of me or finding ways that I can bring that story or that character to life. It's almost like a, for me, it is a spiritual connection. Um, so I just love so much that we're doing this podcast, uh, cause that's what I feel. I just feel that it's what I was meant to do and that I have a unique gift that I didn't realize I had until later in life. And then it all just opened up for me. And um, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be getting to do to do that, to get to tell stories. I think it's, it's beautiful and people need it. Yeah, yeah. they do need it. People need the you know, to be able to see their own stories within the stories you're portraying, but also the different nuances and, you know, that they can go through certain things, they can come out the other side, all those layers, like we process as we watch yeah. people like you tell the stories of your characters. Um, you know, you said that you came to understand your gifting and calling later. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about um, that season when you started to realize, you know what, I think I want to be an actress. How did that yeah. come about in your life? It was when I was really in a, a dark place in my life. It was a depression that I was not hit with before because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I had stopped going to college with uh, studying my, the sciences. I thought that that's what I wanted to go into. And just something in my spirit and my soul just wasn't quite 
fitting. And so when I was at that lost, I don't know, just lost in my life is truly when I think that God (laughs) really was there for me the whole time. And I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't seek, you know? And so when I allowed Jesus truly into my life and to almost speak into me and, and uh, that, that calling almost birthed in me as I became new as well. It's, um, it was a beautiful journey for me because when I, when I realized, okay, well, what was I, what, what am I going to do to make me really happy? And I had to think back, you know, when I was in elementary school and it was putting on dances and shows and entertaining and performing. And, um, so when I finally decided, okay, I'm going to just go for it. I'm going to try. And it was around the same time that I started going to church. So when I found a home in the little theater that I started taking classes in, I also found, you know, my place and home in a church in South Florida where, where I first, you know, started going. And so it all lined up for me at the same time and just became, became all that I was really pursuing then at that point where I was like, okay, this is it, that I'm going to pursue the Lord and hopefully he will open up the doors for me if this is what I'm meant to do or, and we'll see where it goes. And, and then here I am. It's uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing. It's an incredible story, you know, like as you come to the end of yourself, but then journey and God connects with you, he's pursuing you. He starts to show you this other incarnation of what you can do and what you're meant to do and the people that you're going to bless through following that gifting and that calling. You know, I think about all the people even now, you know, who are tuning into the chosen and, you know, they're seeing Jesus come to life. They're seeing the characters around them and imagining themselves in those characters and saying, would I have said that, right? What would I have been like if I'd seen a miracle? What would I be like if, you know, Jesus said those things to me? Um, Yes. And one thing I just love about The Chosen is like, you know, I've heard Dallas say that he's reading between the lines of scripture, like it's Mm -hmm. scripture, but it's between the lines of like, how are humans responding to this as they're encountering Jesus? Right. Um, As as you came across that role and as it came to you, what was that whole process like? When I first read the script, I knew that there was something special about the, the story and how it was told because we, you know, I was new to my journey in my, in my faith. And I was like, wow, where has, where has this been? You know, this, this would have been really helpful, I think, early on for me to try to connect. And so it helped me go into scripture and do just that, read between the lines for myself as well. And so when, um, when I first got the audition, it was for Mary Magdalene, actually, which was really, uh, so rich and so beautiful. And then, um, I think Dallas had a different role in mind for me. So then when I auditioned for Eden, that just felt like such a, that was a, a spiritual shift, like a real true connection for me. And it was a better fit. And I think that, um, that, you know, Dallas could see that. And so that I was just so grateful to be able to bring Eden to life. And I was so nervous. I remember just really going into prayer because I was so nervous to, uh, it was my first big um, as an actor, you know, it's, it was nerve wracking to be in a set that was like, okay, wow, I'm actually playing in a big role. And, and not only that, but I didn't have a lot to go off of with, 
bringing Eden to life. So I really prayed about it. And I feel like God just gave me the answer of like, you have everything that you're equipped with to do what you're meant to do. And I really trusted in that and relied on on him to guide me. And um, the best thing that I did was truly allow myself to go deep and and who I am and bring parts of me and my experiences into Eden. And I think mm-hmm. that's what is so special about The Chosen is that a lot of our um, our actors, you know, we have the freedom and the gift to do that. And um, it just humanizes us with the characters as well and why people are feeling so, um, why it's just so different and people are really connecting to the storylines and to, uh, they're seeing themselves in one or more of the characters in The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, I love... I love Eden. She's she's got a lot of heart and a lot of strength. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a great character. But I agree, Thank like you. that's a lot of pressure because they're mm-hmm. you know, we don't have an Eden in the New Testament. We have Simon Peter, we have the but the reality is these men would have been married, their wives would have been there. So how do you have this imagination, you know, to step into scripture in a way, go way back but also bring it forward? Mm-hmm. Um you know, coming into season three of The Chosen, you've had more of a role. Your characters become more pronounced. Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, for those who may not have seen The Chosen yet, a little bit more mm-hmm. about Eden as a character and then her growth right now in season three. Right. In season one, we meet Eden and uh, you get to see, you know, the nuances of her of her character. She is a strong woman of faith right off the bat. Um, and she you know, is the wife of Simon Peter. So for me, I had to, you know, think, okay, well, I'm just going to bring myself. Yes, she's a little bit sassy <laughs> at times and she's, but she's also um, strong and um, loving and caring. And I think will you know, uh, fights for her family and, and fights for her marriage and, um, and just believes in Simon more than I think he believes in himself. And so we see a lot of that in season one. And then, um, you know, when he, is called to follow Jesus and and now the repercussions of what what's to come now that you know Jesus delivers this beautiful sermon season 2 ends with the sermon on the mount season 3 picks up right where we left off and he gives this incredible sermon and it hits us all in different ways and now the disciples are are um you know they're going to be sent out two by two to do Jesus's work and as much as Eden is so proud of Simon and is so happy for him um, that he is being called, you know, she has her own things that she's dealing with spiritually and, um, you know, what's going on with her while he's away. And I think that it's going to bring up a lot of questions as well for for people that no doubt have probably asked themselves in throughout their life, whether it's um, feeling doubt, you know, feeling a little shaken in your faith, um, feeling like where is God in all of this, and season three will uh, just blow our minds. <laughs> I can't wait for for um, the storylines to just develop, especially for Eden. Um, you know, we we get to see a different side of her, different um, experiences as well that the women go through, and um, things that they're dealing with that are unique to them. And people yes. are really going to relate. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I'm so yeah. excited. And I know you guys had your theater premieres. You, They were also here in Canada. And yeah. um, so showing, right, episode one and two of season three. But, like, you guys broke box, box office records. Like, I it's know. Like, I'm it's still amazing. mind blown about it. It was, <laughs> like, 
Wow. I mean, talk about a God will take our, like what we've created and he can only do what he does. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the feedback and the, like the people, what they're, what they're feeling when they watch episode one and two. I mean, we were puddles on the seats, you know, watching and it's so, so amazing. I'm so incredibly grateful. Yeah. Oh, well, I think the world's yeah. just grateful that you guys have created this. <laughs> you know, I I always joke like I'd studied theology. I have two degrees in it. This is like my background. And um, and then I watched The Chosen and I, and I remember feeling inside like, oh, finally, like that's I've been reading and reading. And I, I even read in Hebrew and I'm serious. Yeah. And I read it in the Greek translations. And I'm like, wow. it's finally brought. It's what I needed. It's what I was trying to get. It's mm-hmm. just coming to life. Um, yeah. It's so exciting. But of course, yes. too, like you probably get different opinions out there. You know, what's that journey been like for, you know, because you think about this, right? Like within about, I think it's about two and a half billion people across the world identify as followers of Jesus. But you get multiple denominations, right. interpretations. Um, how do you guys field all the different opinions? Like you have to, I just wonder, like you have to have a lot of resilience for that in terms of Christians mean well, we often do, but then we... You know, we fall into judgment. The very things that Jesus was actually talking about most (laughs) that we should avoid when he was here with us on earth. But how do you field all the different opinions? Right. I think um, Dallas gets this question a lot and he deals with a lot of, you know, the the judgment and people disagreeing with certain ways of how how, um, certain stories or, or moments in scripture is portrayed. And, you know, when they read it, they didn't quite see it that way or they, you know, they had disagreements about you know, well, why, for instance, um, Mary Magdalene, when in season two, she sort of slips back into her, her ways, um, where, where she's, um, triggered by trauma again, and a little bit of PTSD from, from what she went through and, you know, where she is, is kind of going back into drinking. I mean, that's all spoiler alerts. These are in season two, right? So, um, and a lot of people had issues with that because they're like, well, if she's been redeemed, you know, why is she, you know, falling back into, into, into her old ways. And his answer was that, I mean, because it's, it's human, like we are human. That's what happens. It's real life. It's not always uphill. We are continuing to be better versions of ourselves every single day. That's not reality. Sometimes we find ourselves just being triggered by something, an emotion, the outside world, our own friends and family, um, and we we do fall off a little bit. So I think that, I mean, that's that's relatable. And I think also too, people, you know, half of our audience members are just so excited that, you know, we are doing the show, and they almost like want us to be this this church or sort of like a ministry or, or replace, you know, scripture. And it's like, that's not what we want to do. We are simply telling the story of Jesus's life in, in this new special way. And I mean, all we can do is, is, you know, do what God has called us to do and do our very best and, um, and, you know, see what comes you know, we'll see what comes from that. But, um, and then the other half of our audience members are, you know, are afraid, are almost afraid that we will become, um, you know, taking like that we will kind of, I don't know, take over the church or something like that. I think that it's, that's not at all what, you know, what we're trying to do. We just want to tell the story um, of Jesus and, 
I think Jesus calls us to read between the lines when we are reading scripture to use our imagination. And so I think that's, you know, that's what we're doing with telling the story and and Mm -hmm. in the chosen. You know, I I totally uh, agree. And I think, you know, I got to visit the set with you guys uh, not too long ago, 100 Huntley Street came down. But what really struck me was um, that this was storytelling. This was, (laughs) you know, this is true art and acting. And it's not about, you know, uh, just a a, a retelling of, you know, scripture, like the red letters of Jesus. This is, Right. right, like this is really capturing the imagination um, of people right. and getting them to dive deeper into scripture and say, Hey, did you notice that? Did you see who Jesus right. was? Oh, why don't you go yeah. see what the Bible says? You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And if it yeah. could have been plausible, you know, something that we, that we do do in the show is that we do fill in the, in the blanks sort of a, in between the lines. And if it was, if it's plausible that this conversation between Jesus and Eden could have happened, then we wrote it in, you know, for yeah. instance, when, when Jesus see you know see comes to Eden and and has a conversation with her about um you know right before he heals her mother so it's you know that's not in scripture but we wrote it in and you know that that's that's real life like if it could have happened then they write it in so and then we deal with the rest after (laughs) whether people like it or not (laughs) yeah well you think about you know if someone was listening to our prayer life or how we're connecting with God right it would all be those real things like God I'm tempted to do this again or I did do it or those different layers you know I need someone to be healed in my life I can't take it if they're not like I, I mean that's that is the human experience and you look at the disciples, they were all flawed in different ways. It's, you yeah. know, to assume that we're going to reach perfection. You said something earlier in their conversation. It's not like a pill you take right. and suddenly you're perfect or, you know, you understand everything. You know, this is a journey that, um, you know, we're just on together. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're portraying this character of Eden and, and you know, you do feel the gravitas. You do feel the weight of it. I know that. But how do you stay connected to God and filled up spiritually um, so that you can you know, have the strength to play a role in, that has spiritual, you know, dimensions to it. And at the same time, you're, you're acting and you're using your craft. So how do you stay um, filled up spiritually on, in this journey? I, I have to remind myself to stay grounded in who I truly am. And that is not always an easy journey. It's not always easy to go straight to to, um, you know, spending time with God. Um, for me, it's, uh, you know, I still, it's the reality of, um, I'm still working on like that spiritual maturity, um, because things don't always go how we planned, or, you know, we do feel anxious about things or, or, um, you know, fear or doubt about certain situations in our life. And I have to remind myself that, no matter what, like God is truly at work. He's always, mm-hmm. always working to for, in making everything for our good, and He knows what's best for us. So I'm constantly having to really get in the Word. Um, and I notice that if I'm not, if I don't, even even just opening up a devotional and like spending some time, I know that for me spiritually, I need that to ground myself to then fill my spiritual tank back up because it's it's a it's it can drain so quickly from Mm -hmm. so many outside factors that are out of our control as well yeah 
Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as you're, um, as you're watching the story of Jesus unfold before you throughout the last three seasons, and <laughs> I think there's four more seasons, um, you know, I was wondering what you're learning new about your own story. I've heard, I've heard different um, theologians and ethicists and um, as well as, you know, literary figures say that we know our stories in the context of other stories. So as you're mm-hmm. watching that story of Jesus unfold, what, what are you learning new about your own story? Oh, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm constantly honestly learning and being reminded that it is not easy. Um, just currently, like right now, I feel like there's so much swirling. There's always, like, I feel like sometimes I live in two different, um, like it, like where I feel so grateful, right? The chosen is, um, has been life-changing and just changing lives and my own as well. Um, but then, I mean, sometimes I can feel just alone. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Um, but yeah. I'm just, I'm always learning that, you know, things are, I'm trying to catch up to where things are going um, with mm-hmm. the show. And I think dealing with, um, like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah. Well, it's a lot of pressure. Like, like, yeah. Right. You know, it is. I mean, you you get, you you take on this beautiful role and it's connected to your deep spirituality. And then, and then it becomes this viral sensation. Suddenly everybody knows you. They probably feel like they know you more than they really do. Of course, because you're a a person underneath this character. And they expect to you to be something um or expect you to like live that out like at all times in your real life and um yeah I'm really learning to balance like who I am and letting my voice be heard um Mm -hmm. and continuing to find my spiritual strength um and just connecting with people in that way that like we are not we're not perfect. Like, you know, Christians, especially like we, like you said, like we were quick to judge and point fingers when somebody, you know, falls off. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's constant. Yeah. I mean, somebody said to me, Oh, I I love how much you love Jesus, Laura. And I said, I love Jesus because I need him so much. (laughs) Right. Like I'm so in touch with how flawed I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like by the grace of God go I, and it's, we're not always going to be perfect by any means, you know, and I think too, the minute we think we are perfect, we should, that's, that's dangerous. The minute we are like, Oh, I figured this out. And Mm -hmm. you know, I don't need, because then I think we become self-sufficient. We don't lean into God the way we need Yes, to, exactly. to actually, you know, being self-aware well, is, uh, you know, that's a gift truly to be, yes. to become so self-aware of where you are and, you know, who you want to be. Yeah. So. Well, you're having a crash course in it because you're doing it in front of the world. Definitely. So. <laughs> yes, we are. Oh my. Yes, you are. Yes. Well, and I have one last question here, and I've got to ask yeah. you this because it's so neat. <laughs> one day I think you'll look back and you'll be like, oh, that I did that. Well, okay. So as a storyteller, as an actress who's a storyteller, what is your greatest hope as a storyteller? Oh, my greatest hope as a storyteller is for people to come together and just realize that we are so much more alike 
then we are different. Um, so much of what I'm struggling with internally, uh, with, you know, with my family, with friends and, and people in the world, um, what's going on in our world, it's really hitting me, you know, and, um, that's why I'm so emotional. <laughs> and I think, but that's a gift, I think, too, that um, with storytelling that I'm, I do feel I'm empathetic for people and their, their stories and where they are. And the way that Jesus meets us, wherever we are, is where humans, us as humans need to be for each other. Um, and that is my hope for storytelling is that people are able to connect with whatever role I end up playing in the future or, or as I continue to play Eden is that people can meet each other wherever they are and that love it, love truly matters more than anything else you know and um that is what that's my hope <laughs> oh I love that that's um that's a re recipe for a lot of empathy building in the world and that's what we need. Yeah. That's exactly yes. what we need. Yes. Well, Eden, I can't sure. wait to enjoy the rest of your career and just see Thank who you, you bring to life. <laughs> yeah. And learn about all the different experiences and stories out there through the work Thank you're you. doing. Thank you so much, wow. Lara. This was awesome. Oh, this was <laughs> such a gift. It's <laughs> wonderful conversation. And uh, I'm so thankful you're with us, Eden. And Thank so excited you. to see everything God is doing in your life. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Justin, come on over here. He's a good-looking 14-year-old young man. Stories of trials turning into triumphs, shame to shalom, tests to testimonies, and victims to victors. We hear these stories. We write and produce these stories to remind you that you, you are loved. Wow. You know... If you had been able to be in the podcast room with us and seen what was happening, Lada was crying and I was crying. Um, you know, Lada's authenticity, her openness, it strikes me so much because the reality is that God's asking us, you know, to be authentic and open and, and just to be truthful about what we're going through. And that's a really hard thing to do. We live in a world where we're encouraged not to tell the truth about how we're feeling or, you know, about maybe even things we've experienced or things we've done because, because of labels and shame. And um, the truth is very challenging. You know, and I find it interesting as I think about the biblical story, the biblical narrative, and how this is an incredible story that challenges the world. You know, C.S. Lewis said that history is a story written by the finger of God. We don't think about that sometimes, right? We just separate it. We think like there's the story the Bible's telling and then there's the story of the world. But what if the story that the Bible is telling is the story of the world? What if the story the Bible is telling is actually the story of your life? You know, I asked you at the start of this conversation just to think about a memory where you were first impacted um, by a significant story, right? And I shared a story that impacted me, the story of Jesus, and then some stories that came out of that. Now, I don't know what story came to your mind as I asked you to hold a story in your imagination of what's impacted you. 
the story could be positive. You could be thinking or, you know, saying to yourself, well, I have a story about, you know, going to Sunday school and learning about God and that story impacted me. Or, or I have a story about someone believing in me, even when I didn't look like I was full of the potential actually that was in me and changing my life. Or I have a story about being so hurt or treated so poorly that I couldn't even imagine a different story for my life. And now I'm sitting here in pain and suffering and maybe bad choices. And actually, like, I didn't choose this story. This story just impacted me. When we look at the stories of our lives, because we all have good parts, good stories and bad stories that have defined us, we can take stock and say, you know what? I don't think I want those negative stories to define me. I think the positive stories are great, but if I only let the good things that have, you know, that people have maybe done for me or the wins I've had um, define me, I'll be probably just focused on being successful all the time and not focused on maybe just truthfulness. Truthfulness of sometimes our story is difficult and it really impacts us and actually it could impact us for our whole lives. Sometimes our story is, is full of wins and it's actually easy and it doesn't, you know, impact us negatively, but maybe we don't want our identity just to be stuck in the story of our wins. So what story do we rest in? What story is God trying to tell through our lives? And I think if we look at scripture, we see that God's trying to tell the story that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you've done, you are a beloved child of God. You are called to live a life of fullness and wholeness and healing and health. You are called to live in the purposes of God for your life, to live into the story that he actually designed for you. You know, Psalm 139 says that God planned the stories of our lives every day of our life. He knew. He didn't plan everything that would happen to us, but he knew every single thing that would happen to us. He knew every story that would unfold in us and around us. And God invites us into a new story when he invites us to meet Jesus. You know, he invites us into a story where we can lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, this has happened to me and I'm in pain. I have a shattered identity. I'm lonely. I'm filling my need with substances and bad things. And also he invites us to say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you redeem me? Will you change my life today? And then to come out the other side and be the new creation that the Bible talks about us being, you know, who, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. That's what it says in the Bible. And, you know, for those who have all these wins to their stories and maybe they just feel like they have to strive, it's also an opportunity to put that down at the foot of the cross and let the story of Jesus define you in a different way. I'm not defined by my wins or my successes or public praise or applause. I am defined simply by being a child of God and to be someone who serves Jesus, maybe uses what I have or my skills or my abilities or the things I've accomplished, simply to be someone who serves God in, in his purposes for this world and the narrative that he's unfolding for the world. So there's a lot of challenges as we think about story and you can see why Lada got so emotional. So story and spirituality and understanding that we live in this storied world. And what story are we telling ourselves? What story have we allowed to define us? What story? 
If God has made all history, like C.S. Lewis said, so what story is God really wanting us to be defined by and live into? Well, that's the story of Jesus. And you know what? It starts so simply. If you want to live into that new story for your life, full of purpose, full of hope, full of healing, full of meaning that you might not even be able to imagine right now, then it just starts with saying, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to walk with you today. Forgive me for my sins. Heal me for the things that have happened to me. Lead me in your way everlasting. Show me the next steps into the new story you have planned for my life. And I thank you for this. Amen. You know, if you've prayed that prayer, please call our prayer lines 1-866-273-4444. You can also email us at prayeracrossroads.ca. You can email us or call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And maybe you didn't pray that prayer, but you're saying, does God have a new story for me? And you just want someone to pray with you directly because you need to share the story of what's happened to you or where you're finding yourself and you want a new story. We'll call our prayer partners. They are the most loving, kind, gentle people. And they are just there to serve you in prayer, listen to you and lift up your needs to God with you. Well, I'm so thankful that you listened in to the 100 Huntley Street podcast today. It was such a privilege and an honor to journey with you, unpacking some beautiful themes and just seeing where God would lead us together. Well, I'm your host, Lara Watson. And until next time, God bless you. God loves you. And we do too. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.